be the God they keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. You are sons and daughters of God. You're believers. In our very name, we believe and we trust in the Lord. Today's sermon title is The Battle with Fear and Anxiety. You can add the word worry. I didn't include that, although it's in the text that we're going to read. But The Battle with Fear and Anxiety. Um, I teased in the earlier service that I struggled back and forth with changed a lot of things even until this morning and so uh, I thought about not even preaching on it because I was too stressed out and too much anxiety to preach on anxiety so uh, I want to start off by sharing with you Proverbs 12 25 Proverbs 12 25 anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression so the Bible's honest and upfront with us with that information anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression but a good word makes it glad I'll share another scripture in Proverbs, you know, and it says that a, a merry heart doth the body good. It's healthy when laughter releases endorphins in us that brings healing to us. So there's healing and laughter. Uh, a merry heart doth the body good. I also want to read Matthew, the sixth chapter. Sheila made reference to it, to the children. And so here it is in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You should underline that and just say, more value. Say that out loud. More value. You are of more value than they. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I can remind you that he was a very blessed man because he asked for wisdom. He was extremely wealthy. But God said that he, he's not even arrayed like the lilies of the valley. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. Therefore, because of this, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows, he knows that you need all of these things. And then he gives us what to focus on in verse 33, great passage to memorize, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There are many other passages in the Bible that deal with these things. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what will happen this afternoon. We just trust God right now in this moment. But I emphasize again to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I've said this before. God does not care for you having things. He doesn't care for you having stuff. He just don't want it to be you can be consumed and controlled by the stuff and by the things. He wants you to seek first his kingdom. That's key to this whole passage. I want to make clear 
I want to make clear, you and your loved ones may have medical issues, you may have some medical conditions, there may be some mental disorders, and life issues, life issues that may be seasonal or they may be permanent, such that you need to seek some clinical help, counseling, therapy, Psychiatrist, psychologist, of which we have here in our church, all of that, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, they can and do bring help to many people. So I'll thank God and I praise the Lord for their care and for their help. Make that clear. But we also know as sons and daughters of God, as believers, there are, there are some great principles and teachings and instructions in the Word of God that can help us get through our woundedness and our brokenness and our anxieties and our stresses. And so Jesus has given us some instructions about worry and fear and anxiety because He knew we would be facing them and battling with them. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Whoopee. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But you're going to have some. He tells us that. So, some worry and some anxiety are normal. But God wants to help us to keep fear, to keep worry and anxiety from taking over and controlling us. But you're going to have some. But God doesn't want it to control you. So, remember that. Also, I just throw out there that Jesus wept. So, God in human form on this earth, there were times that he just, he just emotionally started crying. We see that in the scriptures there when he grieved with the death of Lazarus. He wept. We know that when he went in Jerusalem, he looked at Jerusalem and he just, he just cried. Emotion, psychological makeup of who we are. And in his humanness, with all the incarnate God, he was still human. I remind you also, you have an enemy. The Bible is clear about it. John 10, 10, Jesus said that the thief... Satan, the thief, comes. he does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he does. He don't like you. He doesn't like me. So we're told he does this. He will try to steal and to kill and destroy and take away from you. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Preached on this not long ago in Ephesians. Paul told us, he said, speaking of Satan, he said, stand against the wiles of Deborah. The, the devil, remember the scripture in Ephesians 6, put on that whole armor of God. For we do not wrestle, it says in verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So some of the struggles that we think are, well, it's these human struggles and these relationships in my home and people at work and so forth. And We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So he's told us this. So we don't need to be caught off guard. This is the truth. We know in Revelation, Revelation 12, it says that Satan, he's the accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren and the sistren day and night. He don't let up. So we need to know that truth too. Now let's move on. I want to share with you some things that have helped me uh, in my whole life, but also some things just recently about anxiety and stress and worry. So I found this following prayer. I shared this in the 3D devotion. It's been helping me, and these are the words of the prayer. Lord, sometimes this world is a difficult place. 
Just being honest. And as a frail human being, I'm fearful sometimes. When I'm worried, please restore my faith. When I'm anxious, turn my thoughts to you. I seek first the kingdom of God. And keep me mindful, Lord, that nothing, absolutely nothing, will happen this day that you and I cannot handle together. It doesn't say anything bad happen, but anything that comes my way, I'm not alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Romans 8 says that the love of God, we're never separated from the love of God, demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ. He loves us. He's with us. C.S. Lewis, and some of you like C.S. Lewis, and I do, he gave a good balance here. He said that some people feel guilty about their anxieties and regard them as a defect of faith, but they are afflictions and not sin. And like all afflictions, they are, if we so take them, our share in the passion of Christ. And so we know that we're going to face things. We're going to face afflictions. But again, I go back to that key, that goal. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is a powerful, great goal to always have. We live in a world that can be, at times, a very frightening place. We live in a world that is, at times, very discouraging. We live in a world where life-changing, life-changing losses can be so painful and so profound that it seems we'll never recover. Some of you have experienced some of that. In fact, I thank God as I've pastored and I've watched people that I've pastored, how they handled things. And I've learned from it and I've gained from it. So I thank you. I've learned since I've been here. I've watched people handle things by the grace of God. And so, But there are things that are life-changing losses that hit us all eventually, can overtake us. Norman Vincent Peale. He's gone on to be with the Lord. My mom used to love to quote Norman Vincent Peale, and she's got gobs of books. Some of you may have too. He had this simple advice. He said, do not build up obstacles in your imagination. Do not build up obstacles in your imagination. Difficulties must be studied and dealt with, but they must not be magnified by fear. He was right. The decision to face a fear instead of running from it is always an exercise in character building. So we don't want to drum up those things, let my imagination and, and let Satan and my own self begin to think and dwell upon these things in my imagination, my mind, that they begin to consume me. They overtake me. God doesn't want that for us. During the darkest days of life, we are wise to remember the words of Jesus who reassured his disciples by saying this. So I hope you'll receive this from Jesus. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I'm right here with you. It's me. Don't be afraid. Some things that have helped me lately, and now I'm going to go down this trail, and they've helped me just in the last week or so. In fact, the opening one which I've done, but it happened unique. I didn't plan on sharing this, but this all happened over the last few days. If you're visiting with us, my son is our son, and uh, Madeline's dad, he's on dialysis. And uh, I go get him Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I got him Friday morning and got him in the truck and uh, was getting the wheelchair, and I came back in before I rolled him into dialysis, and uh, we often talk, have some moments together, and I prayed with him, and I, 
I laid hands on him, and, and I prayed this, basically this prayer. In fact, this is what I prayed. It's pretty simple. Dave likes things simple, not to get too, too ooey-gooey. So I laid hands on him, and uh, I simply said, God, give Dave grace for today. Give him grace for today. God, give Harvey and Lana grace for today. And I prayed over Madeline, and I just simply said, God, give Madeline grace. And give Jamie, my daughter-in-law, give them grace for today. And give my daughter Audra and my son-in-law Blake and new grandbaby in favor. Just give them grace for today. The reason I pray that sometimes is because you remember when the Apostle Paul prayed in 2 Corinthians 12? I think I'm quoting that right. He he prayed, you know, for, for God to, to, to help him in his affliction. But you remember God said to him, my grace is sufficient. Some of you could testify. There's been times in your life when God's grace was there. And in the Old Testament, we use the word mercy. The mercy of the Lord endureth forever. So grace and mercy are eternal. And they're with us. And grace and mercy are sufficient for the day. For this moment, for right now. So one of the things that I encourage you to pray is just pray for God's grace in your day. The second thing is love. Love. Emotionally and psychologically. I believe there's a reason that God put the first commandment to love the Lord thy God. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbors yourself. Why did he put that first? I think partly because emotionally and psychologically we need that. The last time in your quiet time, you're alone with God and I encourage you to do this. I, I do it out loud. God, I love you. If you do, why not tell him? I love you. I love you today. Help me to love you with my whole heart, with all my strength and with my mind. See, that's psychological. I love you today. Help me to love my neighbors and myself. It's not coincidence that I think that's the first one. He knew that it would help us. Reminds you of John 21, which I quote often. I've learned and preach a lot of sermons from John 21. Remember when Simon Peter was grieving? He was troubled. He had denied Jesus when they came up and said, Aren't you the one that was with? No, I don't even know him. And he went and he wept bitterly over it. You remember that? And then Jesus came back from the dead and he met with them on the shore and they're fishing and Jesus has a campfire, one of the coolest pictures of God fixing breakfast for these anxious-filled disciples. And you remember what he asked? You remember what he asked Simon Peter? Do you love me? See, that's really the only thing that matters. And how you answer that. And so I want to encourage you, maybe if your anxieties that you're going through, just sit down with Jesus and let him ask you that. Do you love me? What a great question. He asked it three times. He just kept repeating, do you love me? So that Simon Peter could say it out loud, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tell God that you love him. Let him know. It's a healing balm. Jesus wept. I mentioned it earlier. 
there are times that I weep. I just go and cry. Sometimes I don't know why. I just my, my cup gets full and crying helps me. That may not help you, but for some here, that may help you. And I'm telling you as a pastor, and I look at Jesus wept, I figure if he did, I guess it's okay that I can too sometimes. I was talking to my sister a couple of weeks ago. Pam and I are close. We pray together and talk together. And she said, Harvey, the other day, I just started crying, and I couldn't quit crying. But she said, I felt so much better. And I said, I'm glad you said that because this morning, that's exactly what I did. I just sobbed. I mean, snot flying everywhere. I mean, I'm just crying. I'm just weeping before God. That helps me. That may not help you. There may be some psychiatrists and psychologists here thinking, we need to talk to you right after the service. But again, I just figure if Jesus did, might be a good idea every now and then, I might need to. And I usually do it in my quiet time alone. So Jesus wept. Desire his peace. We read from Philippians 4, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request... So he's saying, be anxious for nothing, but then he gives us some guidelines how to handle it. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I've preached on this before, and I may again this thanksgiving, but don't underestimate the power of being thankful. It can transform you. It can change things. So many times in the Scriptures, you just, you just find that connected in there. Oh, be thankful, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Here, when we're praying with supplication or petition before God, then include some thanksgiving. I just thank you, God. Praise you, God. It's amazing how that helps, just to be thankful. Let your request be known to God. And then look what happens. The peace of God, which surpasseth all our understanding, that mind, that psychological mind that he gave you, and your imagination, it can surpass every bit of that and guard your not only your heart but your mind's in Christ Jesus. It's very healthy. In fact, if you'll go ahead and read in the rest of Philippians, you can do it this afternoon, you'll get a remedy of some things he tells you to meditate on. Stop meditating on these things and start meditating on these things. Read it in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Psychologically, it's wise. Next thing, my son-in-law, Blake, gave me a sermon a while back, a few months back. He knows I like this preacher. He said, oh, I want to send you this YouTube video of this sermon. And I got it, and I listened to it. And this preacher, who's been pastor now for probably 40 years, he shared that after he'd been pastoring probably in 30 years of ministry, he went through a dark time of depression. And he said, I got to the point, here I am leading an international ministry, and I'm not sure how to pray. So he's just being honest. And one day in his prayer, prayer time, the Lord just suggested to him, well, won't you pray the Lord's Prayer? It's a pretty good one. And then he also added, why don't you add the 23rd Psalm to that? And so when the whole sermon was about how God helped transform his time of darkness by praying the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm together. Do you know that you can say the Lord's Prayer in about 21 seconds? So in any situation, you could quickly pray it into it. But what I've been doing, I want to encourage you to do, is to pray it slowly, methodically, think through it. And think about what you're praying when you pray the Lord's Prayer. A lot of times in church we say it kind of quickly and it's over and okay, I, we did it. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, in this situation, thy kingdom come. 
I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's big stuff. You're praying and believing for that to happen in your situation, that his kingdom will come as it is in heaven? It's practical. Give us some food today. Thank you, God. Forgive us. Forgive us that we have we've trespassed against you. But oh, but God, there's people who have they've, they've gone past that trespassing sign and they've trespassed against us. But I gotta forgive them. See, it deals right where we live. So we pray that into it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Well, I have no lack. Wow, because he's my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. And I think David was thinking back as a child. I lie down in them green pastures. Sometimes you may just go lay down in a field. It'll be dry this time of the year, but go lay down in the pasture and just look up. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And whatever I'm going through right now in this situation, the Lord anointeth my head with oil and, and my cup runs over. Surely mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can pray that. I encourage you to do that. I've been doing that. It's been helping me. The last thing is worship. Whatever may help you to worship God. There's a reason why all of the Old and New Testament, he calls it, do not forsake the worshiping of yourselves together. There's a reason. There's healing in that. But also individually. There's a group called Selah. Daughter, I mean a brother and sister, they're Parents were missionaries in, uh, in Africa. In fact, Madeline and I were in the truck. I said, Madeline, I want you to listen to this. And they sang in Swahili. Now, they don't sing all the songs in Swahili, but they did this one. And Madeline's comment was, I don't understand a word they're saying, Papa. But they sing some of the old hymns, and they've been helping me lately, and you may have a praise song. In fact, there are seasons of Lana and I's life that we can look back, and we have a list of the particular songs in our heart that have helped us get through a difficult time. Some of you do that already. I know that. But this, over the last month or so, I've been listening to Selah. Great is thy faithfulness. I got so filled the other day in my pickup truck that I had to pull off on the side of the road. I was afraid a state trooper might pull me over and ask me why I'm swerving. I said, well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't help it. Worship. Worship helps us get through difficult, tough times. Worship the Lord. Now, the list that I've just given you, and I'm closing, worship the peace of God, love of God. Yes, Lord, I love you. Grace of God. Every bit of this goes back to what Jesus said we need to do. All of these things help us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in our lives. Let's pray together. Almighty and loving God, we praise You. God, I, I pray for anybody here this morning that right now they're going through a season of, uh, of, of a battle of anxiety and, and uh, maybe worry and fear. And I know Your Word says in John that perfect love casts out all fear. So God, I, I pray for those who are struggling this morning. I praise You, God, for Your Word. I thank you, God, to help us to keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. One of the most anointed songs.